And... From multiple... 200, baby! Locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club. The show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. This week, your nice hosts and guests celebrate 200 by reflecting on the show's four-year history, what's in store for the future, and more. It's like a clip show, but you won't hate it. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. First piece of news, Martha's back. Hi. Martha! (laughs) Welcome back! Thanks. It's very exciting. Where have you been all this time? We Every time we get together, we're like, where's Martha? Well, I guess we'll do it without her this week. <laughs> um, I've been at my house. <laughs> We've all been at our houses. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got a cat. That's exciting. That's um, true. I know yeah, someone is excited about that. <laughs> Hello. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Dale is also here. Uh, listeners, listeners may Hello. know Dale from Evil Games Club. And of course, if you uh, follow us on Twitter, you are the benefit of uh, uh, Dale's generosity uh, for uh, running that for us. Um, and so it's a pretty, it's a big clubhouse because it's a very special episode. It's 200 or thereabouts. Yeah. And we'll get into why and uh, what's that all about as well. Um, and every now and again, you know, we have a big anniversary or something and we we, we do an episode where we look back and um, this one's going to be another one of those, and it's going to be a little bit different this time. We've pulled a bunch of clips um, from past episodes, and we're going to play them back, and then we're going to like we're going to talk about them. We're going to discuss, um, you know, what's changed and how we feel about. Um, uh, so, Dale, you're here, and you That's true. Uh, unexpectedly, apparently. Uh, I forgot I was supposed to be on this episode. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we've planned this for a few months. <laughs> I know, but like, it was always there, and I always knew the prep work I was supposed to do. I just forgot the detail that I would also be on a microphone. Right. No biggie. I'm here now, am I not? You did not have to, like, knock on my door because you live with me. Uh Uh-huh. So, Dale is here uh, for normal fun reasons, but also (laughs) because uh, each each of your nice hosts has uh, grabbed a couple clips from the show's history, and we're going to revisit those moments um, from the show. And uh, Dale's picked a bunch as well, um, but you're not going to hear it in this feed. Um, why is that, Stephen? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a Patreon! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you all can give us money. It's great. <laughs> no, no, but for real, money. though. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for a while, um, and uh, what, like, what has been, it's been a pleasure, and like, Honestly, I get a lot out of it just, you know, doing it uh, for everyone and doing it for myself, too. But, like, there are some costs that we have um, in relation to it. And so, like, the Patreon can help us with it. At the very least, you know, you could uh, put some food on the table. We can go to <laughs> dinner every once in a while. Well, yeah. go to dinner in Discord together or something, I guess, mm. at this moment. But Yeah, yeah. We're, st- we're still working out the tiers and such on Patreon. But yeah. the main thing is, and I think... Um, this discussion a lot of creators have when they start a Patreon is like one how to do it like and we're still learning yeah. but um, mm-hmm. also like how to structure or like a reward incentives and rewards and stuff like that and I think our attitude has always been that this show is a resource and um, we don't want to take anything away from that and so um, yeah. we're not going to be offering a ton um, and we talked right. about this a little bit in last week's episode I believe we hinted at it 
Um, but the, what's going to be there is you're going to get some bonus content from Dale uh, for this episode, and that's going to be uh, the uh, the piece that entices you for now. As time goes on, we may put extra fun stuff in there, but I think it's mostly going to be fun stuff. I don't think I'm not yeah. particularly interested in uh, putting um, any of uh, our normal topics, interviews, stuff like that. Um, you know, never say never. But right now, I think the show will stay the same. Um, really, what we're asking for is we're asking for your support. We're not really asking you to be a customer of what's behind the paywall. Um, and yeah. so it's up to you to decide if you want to do that. And we hope that enough of you do um, that we can cover all of Steven's costs. Uh, because as he mentioned, <laughs> they're they're not uh, they're not insubstantial. So yeah, I need to eat food. Um. <laughs> well, I was gonna say when you could have in real life guests, you would always take them out to dinner after the episode. Thank yeah. God. And that's something that we're not able to do right now because, of course, coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But that is something that I think the guests appreciated and then everybody enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we used to go. We used to have meetings. We'd go to a, a diner or something and we'd have a meal. And like, the, that's a business expense. And like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and of course, you know, times are different now. But like um, uh, the show does uh, take um, does actually we actually do put real dollars into to resources that actually do maintain the program. But also, it would be nice to have a sandwich um, every now and again uh, <laughs> as <yeah>. a reward. <laughs> you know, the wild thing is, like, this is this is my thirtieth episode as a host, right? Yes. And I have never done that because <laughs> when I started hosting is when all this started happening. Yeah. 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 So, like, yeah. every single team meeting I've been a part of has been over Discord. You have you have been making it a habit. To get McDonald's on the way to do, to your place to do the recording. So yeah, so there's another show expense. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> right, get Ellen a Big Mac. That's the <laughs> make that a tier. Um, but Ellen, you That's said it, it's your thirtieth episode as host, and I, I went and did the math on this because you've been the permanent host for thirty-one weeks, but there was one episode you weren't on. In fact, none of you were except me were on. It was an interview I did that was just me. Um, yeah. and, uh, but so a, a nice round number, but of course, uh, long time listeners know that Ellen has been on more than 30 episodes. Um, you've been a guest host for three or four and you were a guest, uh, on the show before that. And we will get mm -hmm. to that. In fact, later in the episode. Yeah. It's, it, um, it doesn't feel like four years of being peripheral to the show, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is roughly the show's four year anniversary. Yes. We yeah. recorded our first episode. Uh, the day after the presidential election of 2016. And there were lots of big feels. Oh, yeah. Um, most people. <laughs> so we recorded then, and then we released our first episode later that month uh, on November 23rd, 2016. So this episode will be coming out uh, after the 2020 election, but we are sitting here in our virtual clubhouse two days before. So uh, no big feels, uh, just they're all on deck. Um, so we'll, we'll have, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that. It's not a, a, a regular topic on the show, but this has been a year, um, where we have, uh, been much more comfortable talking about the world around us. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if we touch on it, but you listening, you know what happened and we have no idea. So we're not going to address it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world blissful ignorance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not blissful ignorance. <laughs> like but. chewing my nails off ignorance. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about like, oh, we should tell our listeners to vote. And I'm like, oh, calendar math. It's election's over. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You better have voted. <laughs> yeah. 
dear listener, a yes. uh, 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 show of hands, everyone in the clubhouse, you all voted. All right, that's 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 a that's a yes from everybody. Uh, <laughs> good good job, team. Uh, Yay, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there goes another fingernail. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of okay, calendar so math. Have, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask. Okay. You, you put in the meta what happened to episode 122. And I was like, striking my brain going, what actually did happen to episode 122? I don't know what happened. So uh, this is a bit of a segue into our, into our first uh, topic for the episode. Um, but um, uh, uh, calendar math is a joke we've had. I mean, going back to like, the like episode five or something like we'd probably it's yeah. been it's it's been a, a nemesis of ours for a long long time and um one of the things when we were doing the 100th episode was like is this really our 100th episode because <laughs> we had a couple of like we had some unnumbered episodes and we had one that was lost to time and um we never actually did the math on that but we figured it there was it was like a it was a wash it was probably 100 um yeah. certainly it was the episode that was numbered 100 and this is the episode numbered 200 but um, one of the things about our brand new website that's been nice is that um, um, uh, episode URLs are much easier and uh, cleaner. So you can just type in nicegames.com slash episode slash whatever number. And so um, I, I was checking a lot of the things. And I'm like, wait, what happened to 122? And it's, it's not on the website. It's not in our, uh, on our spreadsheet. Uh, it's nowhere to be found. Um, but Dale, you have some insight into 122. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> She denies all knowledge. <laughs> uh, well, do, do I have to tell the story then? Yes, you do. <laughs> all right. So uh, <laughs> listeners who've listened to the show for a long time know that Dale is part of Evil Games Club, which from time to time will come in and take over the show and tell uh, us what's what. And trouble. <laughs> trouble. trouble. Um, and uh, there's been five Evil Games Club episodes. And if you uh, on the new website, if you browse by category, episode type, you can see all the uh, Evil Games Club episodes in a row. And you'll notice there are four of them. <laughs> Uh, because <laughs> the one of them, in fact, and it turned out to be 122, which I, I had forgotten. Uh, that one uh, got lost to time as well. The recording was just unsalvageable. Um, or it could have been that I was not interested in putting in the time needed to salvage it. It could be that. <laughs> uh, it was, I, I don't remember. There was, it was very static. I, yeah, <laughs> it ended. It was like going to be so hard to take out of people's voices that it would it would have made, and the taking it out of people's voices would have made their voices sound weird. So either way, it was going to be really yeah. bad sound quality, which sucked because I, I was the one who was supposed to edit that episode. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good episode. And <laughs> sad that maybe maybe it could be one of the like Patreon things. Like, here's this last Yeah, we'll put it up. We'll put it up <laughs> unedited. And it's. It, it sounds, <laughs> you can. I <laughs> like, sorry about the sound quality, but you knew that yeah. going in. Yeah, pay for the privilege <laughs> of this uh, staticky recording. Yes. <laughs> Staticky because we had to dig it from the archives yeah. yes. in the crypt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Martha, you're right. I think uh, Evil Games Club is a fun part of the show because it really is just the show is taken over by three different people with three different uh, viewpoints, and the the format is the same, but it's a completely different program. And so uh, I, I know we have had uh, guest hosts, and I know that all of us have been out of the clubhouse for an episode or two. But Evil Games Club is where I really get to feel like a listener, and I really mm -hmm. enjoy that. Even when you're editing it? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, unless we have any other meta to talk about, let's get into the proper uh, chunk of the show, which is all going to be meta anyway. So each of us, yeah. uh, as by way of topic, we each picked an episode from the past 200. 
um, to talk about. We pulled some clips. So I picked episode 100, our 100th special. So really easing our way into this. Well, well, Mark, as you were saying, it's the episode numbered 100. Right. Technically, that's true. It's technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this one we uh, published in August 22nd, 2018, so uh, uh, over two years ago. Um, and so I think this is probably our sort of numerical anniversary that actually lines up best with our, year, our yearly anniversaries. Normally, they're like off by a couple of months. Um, it's not quite 50 episodes uh, per year. Um, but anyway, this one, August 22nd, 2018. And so uh, we'll just start. I'll just play the first clip and uh, we'll see what we had to say. Uh, two years ago. Because, um, you know, we're all making games. Clawbreaker's coming out. Or sh is it out already? It should. I yes. I think it's out. Yes, it is. Well, yeah, because... by our calendar, it's only a couple days. So, yeah, Clawbreaker's out now. So, like, that's one of the things when we started the show. We were like, well, we want to start. We want actually start putting our games out. And now that's true for most of the people at this table. <laughs> and, <laughs> which is special coming soon. Coming soon, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I think it's important because uh, for people who are in a similar situation as we are, mm -hmm. like, you're sort of getting going. You've done a lot of work, but maybe you haven't quite done that sort of getting over that hump of recognition yeah um it does and you don't have a mark being like here's all the things you need to do and when you need <laughs> right. to do them <laughs> well the these things take sustained effort yes, and yes. i think that's hopefully that's something that we can teach at least how we did it mm -hmm. right yeah that's totally how we did it mm -hmm. just kept doing it so the first thing i noticed in that is that we all have uh games released now uh, all of us, yeah. Uh, Widget Satchel. Uh, all of us have our names on, uh, so that that's a nice update. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked that moment for for those two reasons. One is um, that you know the progress we've made in our sort of careers as game devs, um, you know, by any um, uh, measure. But also um, the thing about uh, uh, sustaining effort and how it takes like habits and it's something we talked about a lot on the show but it is um interesting to hear that like 100 episodes ago that um like what it took and Mar Martha joked like you need a mark to do it and I think I've I've always kind of downplayed that like I I sort of I sometimes am the engine that keeps it going um mm. and I it was it was really nice to hear you say that Martha and I think in that moment I was like meh, 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 meh. But um, what, I, what I should have said is like, thank you for noticing. Like, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, um, I I like that idea. Like, you just have to build up the habits. Um, I've been trying to like internally have my own mark <laughs> in my in my own self, <laughs> so I can get, myself to get through college and uh, finish games and things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and, I mean, and not just that. Like, I think like that 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 like building up a habit thing I think is valuable just like out, obviously outside of games too just like um, but I think it just takes some uh, it takes some it takes some drive I think to just get to to get yourself to you know keep doing a thing and I mean yeah we're still doing this podcast right yeah and um, the thing is it doesn't pay off right away and I think yeah. that's that's one of the yeah. things where like we were looking at like download stats for the show or or, or the fact is after two years of doing the show like, you know, um, uh, amongst all the hosts, we had Clawbreaker was our only credit. Um, I mean, at least by the definition we were setting at that time. And yeah. it's like, it's I, I kind of have to admire us for like sticking with it, like seeing where we are now and still still feeling like, okay, yeah, we put out Widget Satchel and, and Steven, um, uh, you put out a Treasure Stack. And yeah. 
like um and and i i published uh, a color jumper on switch this year and i still kind of feel like i'm just getting started you know Mm -hmm. and and in order to get to that point it it takes like four years of work so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know if that's a good news or bad news but um it it it, it's so some things never change i guess Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I think this comes up sometimes when we're talking about imposter syndrome, which mm-hmm. we've talked about, I think, frequently in the last couple of months with yeah. guests and amongst ourselves. But, uh, you know, you're always growing, right? So I feel like one of the things that kind of can can drive you as someone who's trying to do something, um, if you don't have your own like personal shoulder mark, is just the feeling like you will arrive at some point. But the thing is, is like if you're always pushing yourself to grow, you're never going to arrive. There's yeah. always going to be another destination. So, you know, I guess if you hit a milestone, make sure to take take stock of that and like en- yeah. enjoy that moment. But, you know, it's not a mountain. You're not going to reach the top. Like there is no top. You just keep you keep going on the journey. The mountain it's- is procedurally generated and it will never <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like some sort of weird Minecraft hell, but <laughs> it's so funny. I kind of like it. It's like, it's good. We all picked out multiple clips from our episodes, and I'm now just after just this first clip. We were we could really talk a long time about each one of these moments. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to cut us off, and we're going to go to the next. <laughs> okay. okay. When I asked you guys to be part of it, I wanted to make sure that you weren't my lieutenants. That you guys were. That it was your show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But at first, you weren't that excited. No, I wasn't. Because like I said, I, it, it all seemed really scary to me. <laughs> and I, um, I was a different person back then. Mm-hmm. And so like I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. Um, and I didn't think that like I would be a, even a good person on a, on a podcast. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> NiceGames.club slash feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know. Um, yeah, but um, I... I, I now, having done this for so long, I'm really excited that like I am a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it, it it seems like it's been a huge a huge uh, success in a lot of people. Like it, they've learned from it, and like we've had people on the show who have specifically said that like they learned a lot from Nice Games Club, or like they're inspired by Nice Games Club, or just hearing us argue about stuff <laughs> is entertaining. Yeah, um, and, like, <laughs> that's 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 inspiring, and it, it really mm-hmm. it keeps me going. It keeps me wanting to make the episodes. So, Stephen, uh, yes. y- you laid your heart out on the table in that clip. Um, I did. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that's a settled question. We know you're great at this. We've, it's been 100 episodes since you've, you've made that declaration. I, yes. want, I, I, I picked the clip because, um, Ellen, this is your 30th episode. And so you now have some experience on the show. And I think, you know, you, um, you hopped on a moving train. And so that so your experience is different than Steven's. I want to hear about how you feel now versus how you felt when you started, like editing episodes, uh, the structure, all the changes that we had to make the show. It's um, something that Steven and I and and Martha, we don't we don't have the same experience you do with the program. Gosh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, and what a twist. I thought you were going to talk to Steven mostly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here Surprise, jump scare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, gosh, it's so, it is, so, what a weird year, you guys. Um, I mean, because I, like you, like we mentioned at the top of the, at the top of the episode, um, I've been a guest before I was a host. I've been a uh, 
guest host a couple times before I joined the show full time and or as a permanent host, I guess. Uh, and so like I had a little taste of what it was like to get together and record in person and to go out to eat food together. <laughs> uh, and then that kind of all went away right when I was starting. So the biggest challenge that I've experienced is I think just coming, like coming into a good cadence with the show and like fitting it into my life on this regular basis, because mm -hmm. it's, a, it is a lot of work, right? Um, you know, we talked about the costs of like re recurring McDonald's and stuff, but, um, you know, our recording sessions that we do every, every other week are, are several hours long between setup and like coordination and planning and then actually recording the episodes. Um, and then editing each episode takes a few hours. Um, probably more so because we're split apart. Um, but I don't know about that. Um, and so it's just, it's been a little bit of an effort on my part to make sure that my life kind of has space for that. Um, and that has become easier as I have gotten better at editing the episodes. Um, <laughs> so thanks to Stephen and Mark for, for coaching me a little bit on some processes around that. Um, well, also thanks to Martha, because when we were doing the process of, of, uh, editing, um, Steve and Martha and I were, were, we sat together and, and we walked through the process that I developed. We walked through it step by step. I explained it to them. And as talking it out loud, we refined it a little bit. And Martha was the one who wrote the manual. That's um, true. Which Martha. <laughs> <laughs> you. Which, which we yeah. still use uh, today. So it's, yeah. it's like, it, it, it made all my scurried notes into that are all shorthand into actual sentences. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it is interesting ellen that you uh you you definitely miss the in-personness of our recordings uh more than i i do or at least more than i've displayed that i do and i, I don't know about you Stephen, but i feel it's probably the same with you uh, and it probably is very much tied to the fact that it was something that was handed to you and taken away immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe yeah yeah uh the other thing in that clip that i did want to touch on is yeah. Um, the thing about, uh, Steven, you mentioned about, you know, people being inspired by the show. Um, mm -hmm. it is still a lovely treat when someone tells us, uh, that they get some value out, out of it. And yeah, even in these yeah. pandemic times where I'm not leaving my apartment, I have still at virtual networking events, I have run into people who have heard the show and that's still, that's yeah. still a treat. Um, yeah. that's and, awesome. and just to know that fact alone is just fun. Like, it's just like a, a nice feeling. It's like, oh, you've heard of me. Um, but. Uh, when um, someone tells you that they got something out of it, like it, it then you think back to like, well, why, why was I ever complaining about uh, how hard it was to edit that episode then? Like it's, yeah. it's it, it, all the trouble instantly becomes worth it. Um, yeah. And it's really yeah. cool to hear. Um, I don't know. That's, it's been good. That's, and it's it happened more. It's yeah. happened more in the past hundred uh, episodes, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's like exactly how I feel about it. Cause yeah. Like sometimes when we're in the thick of it, even when we're recording episodes, most of the time I have a fun time, but sometimes they're just, I don't know, a little long or I'm cranky or whatever, because I don't know, it's daylight savings or blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, but yeah, like hearing people get something out of it and seeing the discussions that come from us and that come from people talking about episodes um, is, is so it's, it's such a big value um, that like. Yeah, it's 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 always worth it. It's it's just so great. I'm so proud of this this show. <laughs> and it, I think it, yeah. it it does feed back in on us. Like I I the you know now that we have um 
uh, a, a little community on the Twin Cities Game Dev Discord. Um, it, we have a channel there, and we're hearing we're hearing people uh, come up with their like. It's a nice games club ish, but like it all comes from them, right? It's not yeah. always inspired by an episode. It sometimes it's just you know in the spirit of the discussions we have, and so we get to we get to have that now, which is really really mm -hmm. cool. Um, yeah. But on top of that, like doing the show helps me helps me I know um, like uh, align my thoughts, and it, it you know it is it is fun to talk about these things, but also it's I, I feel it's productive um, as yeah. a designer because a lot of the times. When you're working, you don't have time to think about it in the way and work through these a lot of these topics the way that we do on the show. And so I, I definitely do sometimes I have to remind myself of that as well, that like it, that value is something that's hard to put hard to quantify. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it is. It is really good. So, Stephen, if you want <laughs> to join that that discord, how do you get there? <laughs> <laughs> NiceGames.club slash Discord. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you tested me, Dale. I passed. You did pass. Good job. And uh, if and if they wanted to give you feedback, where would they go? Uh, NiceGames.club slash feedback. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cheated. It was in the clip. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of clips, we got a pair of clips here. We talked a little bit about uh, episode formats. Most of our interviews um, are people from our local community mm -hmm. because the way we formatted the show is like is we want to develop relationships with the people in our community. Yeah, and so we have talked a lot about uh, Skype interviews and and people outside of our community. And a lot of it is that really the effort in getting those things set up is actually the thing that's sort of preventing us from having a regular thing. But also the format of the show is not super geared for that. Yeah. Um. But we would like to hear from you, listeners. Where do you think we can go with that? I don't know what I was talking about when I said the show isn't geared for that. Like, I think I, I might have, I think logistically that's true, but I might have been overstating it because now, certainly now we have, uh -huh. uh, part of it is, you know, pandemic, uh, the world is so small, um, mm -hmm. but we no longer have any trouble booking guests from outside our community. And that's, it, it quickly became a staple of the program in the past mm -hmm. uh, 50 odd episodes. Um, so it is interesting to hear me talk about that in a way that felt almost out of reach at that time. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Part of it might have been just the difficulty in getting guests that aren't outside yeah. your community that you don't know, mm -hmm. which has been somewhat alleviated by online networking, such as the gig. I was going to agree with that. Like, I, I think that like part of it also is that like Nice Games Club has always been um, somewhat like locally developed in that, like, you know, we, we uh, bring up. Uh, Minneapolis should bring up St. Paul more, but we bring up Minneapolis. <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> I disagree. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So like, it's it's been like a locally developed thing. So like, part I think part of the flavor of the show is that um, that Minneapolis flavor. And so like, we kind of I, I don't know. I think back then I sort of thought that like it was cooler to get guests that we knew personally in the in the area. Um, I don't feel I don't feel that way now, but mm -hmm. um, I think maybe back then I felt that way. Yeah, and I what uh, we have had discussions about making sure we keep that flavor. And I think one of the interesting things we've done is we have. And I don't know that it's been uh, completely replaced to the same degree, but we now are much more um, likely to have uh, local folks come back as guest hosts. Yeah, um, which is something that is uh, we're going to be continuing to do. 
And uh, now that the show itself is like fully established in the community, um, people don't need to come on as guests. They can come on as friends, right? Um, and that and that does that leaves us more open to, to invite guests with uh, from anywhere um, mm-hmm. because I do think um, we don't want to lose that local flavor. And it doesn't. I think that pe- a lot of people have this problem, like when they when they uh, grow right uh, uh, projects uh, outside of a community. But I don't think maybe it's maybe it's um, um, maybe I'm fooling myself a little bit. But I feel like it is not a contradiction, right? That you can you can do both. Right. You don't yeah. have to give it. You don't have to give up that local flavor to 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 extend outside your borders. And I I think one I, I like the idea that we're ambassadors to this community and that we are it's for everybody, but it's of the Twin Cities, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was I was ranting a lot about wa- having Let's Plays, like watching Let's Plays yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, we should do Let's Plays because that would be so cool. Um, Sounded exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so we figured out how to, like, we spent, oh my gosh, so much time trying to figure out how to do the video mm-hmm. episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, right, because we're not, we don't have a setup that's similar to most streamers. Yeah. We, we yeah, we, that we might have made a little hard for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and... Most people listen to podcasts in the car or on the phone, and it's not really an ideal. Video podcasts are just not popular, mm. but video on YouTube is. And so when we moved our uh, that those episodes to YouTube, and we still have this problem, um, it has gotten better, I think. But it's still it's still much uh, less people engage with us in these video episodes than to do on the podcast mm. um, because it's a different format. And we're still trying to figure that one out. But we're not as well equipped to make it as successful as maybe yeah. we'd like. And we have to either be really comfortable with that or we got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So any ideas, listeners, <laughs> let us know. Yes. So spoiler alert, we've pretty much given up on video episodes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> after, after the 100th, we were, we had, I think we had just started code comment, um, mm. which uh, uh, was our second attempt at a regular video series. And I, and I still think those were cool. Oh yeah. I, they're great. And, it was hard to get people to do them because it was like, hey, can we look at all your code, messy as it is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, it's like, hey, can we take a look under your bed? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had the boogeyman there and you can't look. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a combination of that and just that video episodes were like, talk about how long audio episodes take to edit. Video episodes were like twice as much work. So yeah, yeah, and setting them up was twice as much work. And yeah, yeah, but I still think that the ones that we did do were really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, in the clip, you can hear me kind of like lament that like we don't know how to make them successful, but we never get, we never ever, we always believed in them. We always, and that's why we kept doing it for long, long after it was practical for us. Um, yeah, and and they're also what's great is that they're still available they're on the website. You can check them out. Um, and if we get enough, enough feedback, we can give it another try. But here's the thing is now that we're doing this remotely and, uh, we, we did do a video episode very recently. We did our, our live, uh, nice games jam, um, that we Which did. was so cool. I watched that episode. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty easy to do because we, I mean, even if we do come back together in a, in a clubhouse once again in the future, like. I know I know a ton about Twitch now because of the of all the because <laughs> the pandemic required it of me and um yeah. and we definitely we definitely did make it hard on ourselves just the way we set it up but now I mean it it I don't know it if we tried it again I don't think it would be as hard 
but I think I don't know that I'm ready to try it again. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed doing the video episodes, but I think well, part of the struggle is um, I mean, I, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but like I have a hard time being on camera, so mm -hmm. it makes it difficult for us to like um, come up with content that I uh, feel comfortable doing. Yeah, in terms of video content, and like. Thankfully, uh, like we came up with some like really good stuff. Like I, I really, I really enjoyed the code comments. But I think that like, um, I mean, I don't know. Like we maybe if we're feeling ambitious again, we mm -hmm. could do some other video stuff. You know, <laughs> one of the things I thought cool. we could actually do, like thinking about when we edit our episodes, and we we have definitely talked about this on the show going back. We, I mean, we we edit out some ums and ahs and some pauses and stuff, but yeah. And we, you know, we always tell guests, like, you know, if you need to take a breath or a cough or something, we'll just cut that out. No worries. And it always make it comfortable. But like an, a raw, unedited episode, I wouldn't feel bad about that existing somewhere. And so what that makes me think is like, maybe like why we could stream our recordings uh, for people who really wanted to see us do this show live. Um, it, a Patreon tier, perhaps? Perhaps. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know that I, like it's just I'm not sure that it's the best idea in the world, but like. I don't know. We could do that. Like that would be a way to, and then we could have certainly for our nice games jams. Like you know, we've always talked about how do we make sure that it's good for audio, and we've gotten some feedback recently that that uh, has made us feel like we have done a pretty good job of that. But the we did the one episode with visual aids that Stephen, you had all the props laid out, and that was really yeah. really productive. And I'm like, I kind of wish we could do that for every nice games jam, but like I don't know if we yeah. have the energy to do a video episode at a time. Like well. <laughs> If we habitualize it, because it's all about habits, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. If we habitualize mm -hmm. streaming our, I don't know, just thought of springing it on you here on the air. But <laughs> <laughs> nice games club slash feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how interesting would it be to, for people to watch us watch us do the show? Um, maybe you know, I don't know. I mean, tell uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll also be, you know, I, I'm so looking forward to the days where we can get together in person again. And you mentioned that just a little bit ago, Mark, that I, I really, you know, might be missing the in-person stuff more than everyone else just because I had it for a little bit and then had to immediately <laughs> stop. Um, but I do think that, like, if you're able to work in person, it gives you more flexibility with how you tell the story visually. I mean, yeah, obviously, like, you're... <laughs> You're a film guy. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I think like if we were like, imagine I, I'm imagining right now that maybe we once a year get together in that crazy, uh, there's this, this crazy house in Minneapolis. I know we'd have to make the trip to Minneapolis, but <laughs> it's been like on the market for like five years because it's so expensive. And so you can like rent it out for um, on Airbnb for like <laughs> a little bit. And it's oh. like this Harry Potter crazy house. We could have like a whole game jam. Nice thing. games camp. Nice games <laughs> camp. Yeah. <laughs> like and once a year. Like Helen, a, like we a could, long weekend. We, man, we could. I mean, I, this is all in the future when we could all go out in the world. But like mm -hmm. if we could, if it's a, if it's a, if it could, if it could hold a, a bunch of people, we could really, we could do an event like, like not just us, but like we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> I love like the idea of nice games camp. Yeah, I I don't know what we'd have at camp, but we'd have nice just... games camp counselors. We'd have nice games camp songs. <laughs> nice games camp games. Sure. Yeah. 
Martha would be your referee. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And there'd be like an evil games club night or something like that. Evil games club would just be, uh, they'd have tents in the backyard. And just they'd, be, they'd just be plotting the whole time. And we'd, we'd, like, yeah. We're going to break in yeah. and toilet paper the house. And we're like, you, you're welcome. We have, we, have, we have cookies. And then they were like, no, we're planning out here. You know? <laughs> Evil's afoot. Well, uh, speaking of ideas for the show, that is something we've talked, we talked about in, in the 100th as well. Like, what will the show do next? The thing is, like, everything we add is more work for one of us or all of us. So it's like, wait, should we have our own Discorder message board oh, yeah, or something? But then someone times. has to mod it. Yeah. Um, so if any listener is interested in doing that. A Discord uh, a channel is a great idea. Yeah. But we've also talked about um, having um, other people join us to to do things like write blog posts or, or do video content yeah. sort of as part of Nice Games Club where we can provide some infrastructure um, and a little bit of a brand, you might say, for, for to ma- to make it bigger than just the three of us. Mm. And um, we've sort of we've workshopped ideas for that, but we haven't really put any of it into motion yet. Um, is there some any of those ideas we've talked about that you guys are particularly excited about? I really like the idea of like having like writing columns and stuff where people can, uh, you know, just giving people a voice in the community who haven't, who like maybe we've had on the show, but yeah. like, we want uh, more of them on mm-hmm. there. I think that like having a place for people to write blog posts and stuff mm-hmm. would be really good on our, our website i think yeah yeah and it's definitely the thing that i think our brand definitely is a idea rather than necessarily uh personalities mm-hmm. like we are the personalities of this program but i think nice games club can be bigger than that um w- without without diminishing what the show is yeah you know definitely um, it is a club after all it's yeah it's, that's a good <laughs> that's a super good point <gasps> we should have we should have like little club pins and 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 stickers and <laughs> and official you're part of the club things yeah. and stuff. I still agree with that. My favorite thing about that <laughs> clip is that Steven and I are, are kind of like powwowing about this like big idea. And I can I can feel the energy of Martha like thinking about merch. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It's all about that loot, baby. <laughs> so, uh, some updates on that. We actually do have a Nice Games Club T-shirt that is available for you to yeah, buy. Yeah. We haven't put the, posted the link anywhere yet, but uh, that went up a little while ago. It's on Amazon, so it's pretty s- easy to just click buy now. Uh, we'll put that link in the show notes for this episode, and then eventually it will appear, as you know, on a sort of a merch section on the website at some point. Um, the other thing about that clip is that idea that Stephen, you were saying you liked so much about having more content on the site. Uh, um, yeah. Like we talked about game reviews and stuff like that. I'm actually quite, I'm a little sad we never got around to that. Because uh, that, because yeah. when I heard that, I'm like, oh, right. Oh, man, why didn't we do that? And now I want to do it again. Like You guys stated it at the beginning. It's more work for one or all of you. That's true. <laughs> well, that's the point is we, we bring yeah. more people into the club. But like that's. I'm. Uh, I mean, um, it's that we we all fell down on on that. Like we we didn't we didn't move forward. Um, well, but- don't be hard on us <laughs> or you. <laughs> I mean, okay. Again, I'll say it again. It's been a weird year, and yeah, I think a lot of you know a lot of the things that we might want to do with a site were predicated on maybe kind of re- redesigning the site, which mm-hmm. we've made a ton of. We you, Mark, have made a ton of progress on. <laughs> yeah, like. 
when we talked about the site launching, whenever that episode was, and if you have gone to it then, it would have been like, why are they so excited about this? It looks worse. And now Mark has made it so good. Like, yeah. guys, you should go to the website. It looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but go uh, on your on your laptop or desktop. It's not 100% there on your phone yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I will say one, one thing about the way. Yeah, it is getting there. And um, I felt pretty good about uh, just like just kicking the ball down the field rather than like getting it all done like that's been i've been fitting that into the other work i need to do the one thing and listeners you'll know uh you know the everyone knows what a fave icon if they know what that is uh it's the icon that appears in the tab or, or, or the address bar uh it's just this tiny 32 by 32 uh uh, uh pixel icon i am i will not change that to the nice games Club logo until i feel the website is done so you'll see it is the default uh bootstrap theme logo that every website built with that framework uses it's gonna be that way until it's finished that's that's your that's right. your sign that's your your flare in the sky to know that it's done so keep an eye out uh for that folks <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah. is it it's fave icon i kept i kept, I, I kept favicon? pronouncing it favicon i i i i think i say i say favicon or favicon it's probably I said it both ways yeah i said it both ways i don't know i, I don't guess know probably like gift gift Favic, about, hmm. but it's not favicon like fava beans. No, <laughs> well, I mean okay. maybe it's it's a it's a favorites icon, right? It's meant to it's the when you make a when you make a bookmark, it's the icon that goes there. That's the etymology of that that term. But I mean like, that's inconsistent from you, Mark, as someone who says GIF, which is totally wild. No, I was just gonna say that it like GIF, it, there are no rules. It doesn't matter, right? It's it is. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> it's like what it's so I don't know how favicon is supposed to be pronounced, but if someone has a, if someone has an opinion on it, it's not wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, because yeah. it doesn't matter that it's favorite icon. It could be favicon. It could be that. There's no there's no rules about how it works. Anyway, side tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But no, Ellen, Ellen, you're right. We shouldn't beat ourselves up about the things we don't do because we have. And this is true of I mean, this is just good advice. Like you have 100,000 ideas, dear listener. You're not going to get to all of them. Um, you're not going to get to your favorites. You're going to only get to some of them, and you have to be proud of those. And you have to be okay with the other ones you don't do. I think I I I, I subscribe to that notion. I'm not. Uh, I'm just a little bit bummed we didn't do that instead of saying doing something else, right? Sure. Um, and I still yeah. I still would like to try to make some effort there. So I'm saying that here on on the show. Um, uh, you know, not that Come I want to read on the website again to allow for blog content, but like I kind of it would be worth it. You know, so listeners, community members, folks we've talked to in the past who listen to the show regularly, um, get at us because, you know, in order for this to work, we need to uh, let more folks into the clubhouse. And if that's you, if you have been wanting to start a blog and you think it fits with the way we do things here at Nice Games Club, why can't you do it here at Nice Games Club? Right. And uh, future hosts, episode 300. Uh, let's see what happens. With yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> You know, flash flash forward to me being like, oh man, I I, I can't believe another hundred went by. And we didn't do that. <laughs> or more likely, I can totally believe another hundred went by and we didn't do that. <laughs> well, um, speaking of looking ahead to the next hundred, so yeah, I mean, so these are the things we're thinking about. Uh, no promises, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have to come back at episode two hundred and see how we did. How we did. Yeah. <laughs> 
What? I would say two. if we get to episode 200 and the show is exactly the same as it is now, I think I'd still be pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty yeah. happy. I'd be okay <laughs> with that. I think ambitions are important, yeah. but contentment is okay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but we'll do a 200th episode when we get there. Mm-hmm. You think we'll get there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, good. <laughs> no fear at this table. I love it. <laughs> Nice, right? Amazing. We did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. We made we did it. it. Passed us. <laughs> I like the ca- I, I, I like the casual confidence that we had. It's like, of course we will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh wow, that's cool to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna yeah. wrap this up with do you think you're going to make it to three hundred? Yeah. Yes. That's a bigger number. <laughs> it is a bigger <laughs> Oh, the irony. <laughs> Mark is like, um, I don't know. <laughs> We're like, yeah, we'll be here. <laughs> and Mark, I love it. Mark is like, well, I don't have to do anything between now and then, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think so. I, I, maybe I feel yeah. a little bit differently than I did last go around. If the show sure. is exactly the same, I think, I think I'll still be happy, but I, mo- I won't. But I'll be a little bit more disappointed. Um, okay. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy now that the the changes in growth the show has had since 100. Um, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't describe it as exactly the same. Um, but I'm also mm-hmm. I also am content with how steady it's been. Yeah. I th- I think I don't know. We'll see when 300 comes around. I might just feel like everything's great. But I think I want I do want to push a little further. I don't want to make it harder on us. That's the last thing I want. Sure. But I would sure. like to I would like to move the ball a little bit further down the field. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, um Yeah, that's a good question. Uh Yeah, I don't it's something I think about time, from time to time about Lice Games Club just in general. It's just like mm-hmm. what do I what do I want from it? What do I get out of it? Um why am I still doing it? <laughs> um, I mean, and like I, I said earlier, like it, it is valuable. I get, I get a lot out of it, especially like uh, pandemic again, but uh, like it's been valuable to have these conversations because I don't get to have them regularly anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So like that has been really good um, for me. Yeah. Um, and I think like even before this, like before pandemic stuff, it was good to have like these kind of conversations because it's like in-depth design and game development conversations that I think is very valuable. Yeah. And so like, I would like to keep that. And I like the opportunities that this podcast gives me because I get to do that with y'all. And I get to do that with people I've never met before, even people from all over the world. Um, and I think that's just, that's so cool. Um, so I guess I would just like to continue to do that. Yeah. And if that got lost, then I would be disappointed. I think. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, like um we've we built something of value and it's work to maintain it. Um and and it if we if it was if it was just as much work but not as much value, uh, that would be that would be very disappointing. Yes. Right? If it just yeah. if it just went on and it, if just the lights were on in 100 more episodes, right? That wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. It has to yeah. keep it has to keep delivering what it's delivered for us. Yeah. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. I have no doubts that it will, <laughs> mind you. But yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. think that I guess that's where I um, I am at where I'm at. I suppose. Yeah, uh, Ellen. I mean, thirty is pretty deep in. Um, but what what are your thoughts on the next hundred? 
Well, 300 is a larger number than 200. Mm -hmm. But I know what 30 feels like. And (laughs) another 100, you know, another 100 is three times that about plus a little more. Anyway. um, (laughs) Okay. So now we're having trouble with regular math just a little bit. (laughs) But I mean, you guys are correct. 300 is greater than 200. (laughs) Yeah. Uh yeah, well, and the to move, to move past the just the numerical side of it, which really isn't important, I guess. I, I think I agree with both of you. Like, um, one of the biggest things that I personally get out of recording Nice Games Club is just getting together every couple weeks and talking to you all about things that are really important to me. And you know, I'm going through some job changes right now, and it's hard to balance all that. So one of the things that I have to fight against, um, I think a lot is just not feeling like I'm not getting the time in, Mm -hmm. um, that I want to get in. And I, then, you know, that contributes to imposter syndrome and everything like that. So being able to come on the show and engage with game development and with game developers and just, it's, it's been really, it's been great to help me, like keep me motivated. And I hope that that's the case for other people um, who are listening, because uh, this is it's a hard art form, yeah. um, as we talk about so frequently. In in another in another hundred episodes, I mean, I hope that I hope that we it's I hope that we are continuing to explore game development and continuing to create interesting and useful content for everybody. And I think that the way that's going to happen is if we continue to push ourselves as game developers, right? Yeah. The yeah. the field is huge. It's con- you're constantly exploring different frontiers, um, even stuff that looks familiar, like you're trying to combine it in new ways. That's kind of what art is. And I think if we, if we kind of remind ourselves that that comes first, if we focus on being good, game developers and continuing to persevere on that front, then the the content and the experience of the show will follow suit. Uh, hey, listener, uh, money, you've got it. We want it. <laughs> well, all right. Enough said. <laughs> but but how, how do they... I'm trying out my new, it? like, hard sales taxes. Like, you know, just... Hey, Mark. Dollars, dollars. I- give me. Give it. I want it. <laughs> Not, not very Minnesotan. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's my job. Steven business. Is fine. Uh, <laughs> well, we talked so about it at I- the top of the show, but we yeah. do now have a Patreon, and uh, we are using this time in the center of the show to promote it once again because uh, we're going to try not to be too annoying about it. But I figure we've given you 200 episodes of not bothering you about this, so I feel like we have a little bit of leeway to kind of get at you right now, right, Steven? Yes. That's a good. I like that. We have leeway to do that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I mean, in addition to you know being able to support us, you also get uh, access to Patreon exclusive content, which Ooh. isn't going to be. We're not going to like be putting our regular episodes on there, but we will be putting some special things on there. Yeah, fun stuff for the fans. Like, like what, Dale? Yeah. Well, I got to pick my own clips for each of you, and you have never heard them before. So what? <laughs> So, so our first piece of Patreon bonus content is an episode much like this one, but I pick all the things and they get surprised by them. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like a game show, but there's no winners. That's true. (laughs) 
I think Dale is the winner. I think, yeah. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> also, our Patreons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can get that at uh, patreon.com slash nicegamesclub or also nicegames.club slash Patreon. Either one will do if I set up the URL forwarder correctly. <laughs> <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, so, Ellen, this is yours, right? <laughs> is it yeah. Not? <laughs> okay. No, it is. It is. It is. And I'm excited to talk about it. I just had to get that little noise out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Ellen, your very first episode that you appeared on the program as a guest was episode 75, where you talked to us about learning through games. That's so many episodes ago. It's very yeah. many episodes ago. Yeah. I'm not going to do the math, but it's like many dozens. Yes. No, I think we've fun. established so far this episode, we're not doing math. Yeah. <laughs> we've got Unity to do math for us. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, an episode was March 6th, 2018. Was it 2018? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Really? 
I remember this episode because it was very snowy and snow was falling off roofs in great chunks. <laughs> and Ellen commented oh. on it and it was pretty good. Oh, right. <laughs> chunks. Because you were sitting at the table and looking out the window and the three of us weren't doing that. And so you kept right. going, whoa, look at that one. And we're all like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I do look at that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I had forgotten. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, Ellen, you picked up a couple clips from this episode and we're going to get right into the first one. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. One of the things I, I like that you have a uh, kind of a manifesto about uh, like what's wrong with e-learning games because there's so many are bad. I've heard you kind of approach that topic from time to time, yeah. like that you're, you're sort of on a mission. <laughs> yeah, well, and the company I work for, Allen Interactions, um, the founder, the company's been around for 20 years, mm-hmm. and the founder, uh, Dr. Michael Allen, I mean, that's really that's really his manifesto in the, the books that he's written um, he talks about that every single time. And, it, you know, you don't have to have a book out there saying that most e-learning is bad to yeah. be able to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think it's, a lot of e-learning is boring. And when you're trying to learn something, boring is bad. Because in order to learn something, you need to pay attention to it. Right. And if you're bored, you're not paying attention. So it's just fundamentally not going to work. I think, and we can get into this more more in the conversation as we kind of dive into it, but a lot of our paradigm around learning is get through the experience and check a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the A. Do the thing that you were told to do to be able to, you know, cross that off your list. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really mean that you learned something. It yeah. doesn't mean that you learned something valuable. It doesn't mean that you can do anything differently, which really is the point of learning. Right. The right. point of education is to teach people things that they can use. And if you just take quizzes and then forget everything <laughs> is that learning right. no you're just taking a quiz so you can get a score and because i think a lot of our educational experiences in our culture are structured that way mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge paradigm shift to completely change that and think okay no it's not actually a learning experience unless the person's paying attention mm-hmm. that person sounds kind of smart <laughs> yeah, we should listen more. We should, we should, yeah, we should get her back on the program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Ellen, I don't like. Has oh, have your feelings towards? Has your learning manifesto been edited since that episode was recorded? Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't think my beliefs on what constitutes a good learning experience have changed. I think. You know, my my experience as a consultant and as a designer um, have expanded. And so I think my belief about the, the, the types of media that can lead to those experiences or where those experiences can take place have been, you know, it's been broadened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my beliefs about the processes and practices that can lead people to create those kinds of things has gone through some adjustments, um, some chiropractic adjustments, perhaps. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad, I'm really, I was really glad that we kind of gave ourselves this assignment of going back and listening to previous episodes, because when I listened to this, I had, I realized that I had kind of lost touch with the passion that came through in that episode. Mm. Um, because it's just, it's in, so incredibly difficult to make great learning experiences at, like at scale. Um, when you're making it for thousands of people, the amount of effort and resources that go into creating that kind of thing um, for an organization, there's just a lot of oversight. And when there's a lot of oversight, there's a lot of conflicting beliefs and and opinions about what should be done. Right. And that can, that I mean, 
there's a whole idea about a camel being a horse that was designed by committee. Um, If you've got a lot of people and you don't have like a strong system of ownership over the work, um, then it can, it can be rough to, it can be tough to make something that's beautiful and elegant and feels good. Um, And I think having a, a few experiences where that, that difficulty was difficult to, you know, it was hard to escape, um, kind of ground me down a little bit, but in listening to that episode again, like, you know, I still believe that and I still believe it's possible. And so it kind of was a little, it was like a little, what, what's the thing that you do when you put jumper cables on a car? Jump start. You jump start it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, spark plug. You're going to spark plug it. That's not what it is. <laughs> That's what I call a pointer error. <laughs> I, just, I just never use my car anymore. So that's something I never think about. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was a little bit of a, a jump start for me, I think. And um, that's a long answer. It's a long way of saying, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what you said in the the clip was very smart, and I don't think any of us disagreed with it at the time, or or even now. Well, I think at the time we were like Ellen, teach us, like as as in your capacity as a guest on the show, like you were explaining something, and that that's different from how we are as hosts too. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, you are wont to drop wisdom regularly on this show, but I think uh, as a guest, you uh, when you say that that passion, you actually had to. That, that's what you were there for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's... This is where perseverance comes in. We talked about that earlier this episode, right? Like, if you can really love something and go through a period of time where you're just drained and it's difficult to engage with it, yeah. like, whether that's a relationship or a career or an art or a, an instrument or, like, a sport or something or even a game, gosh, even if you, like, you know, making a game or playing a game, like you can truly love something at your, like on, like with your soul and go through a period of time where you just need some space. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that has, that's been something that I've been working through over the last year or so. Um, And that, uh, but it's there, it's still there. And I think it's starting, it's, that energy for me is starting to kind of rekindle. Um, so I think I might go back and listen to episode 75 a couple more times over the next few months. <laughs> Give yourself a pep talk. Yeah. A spark plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's more wisdom where that came from. I think sometimes we're aiming towards emotional experiences. Should be right when we're playing, mm-hmm. when we're designing games. Mm-hmm. But in terms of emotional skills, like that's a really weird framework. Um, to give you an example of what I'm talking about, I really like the game Thoth. Have, have I, any of you? Oh, it? I know what that is. That's the game where. No, maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be wrong. I got really excited for a moment. <laughs> I did, and, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twin stick shooter where you basically you're playing a little circle, mm-hmm. and you shoot against these evil, seeming cosmic squares. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's really tough. It's a really tough game, and. Especially for me, like, I'm not I'm not great at um, like twitch reflexes kind of stuff, and mm. that's what this this game is. But for me, it wasn't really so much about the twitch reflexes. Like each the physics of each level are slightly different, and you have to you have to die a lot to be able to figure it out. But for me, 
like the skill that I got from that game, um, the most important thing that I learned from that game was the, the emotional skill of being able to just set aside failure and try immediately again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just set it aside and go and not be frustrated and just keep working at it mm-hmm. um, and just in, enjoy enjoy the experience of playing without needing the feeling of winning. I like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm almost all but positive. Like immediately after, I was like, "That's like fighting games," because I feel like <laughs> that's, that's exactly what you said. Yeah, <laughs> is it really what I said? Yeah, I'm oh pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good Amazing. to know. I haven't changed in a hundred and yeah. however many episodes. <laughs> what I like about what you say in that clip is, uh, I think a lot about the when I the designs that I make for my games. I think a lot about teaching the player something or or having them experience something. And that's like really, really important to me that like there's some extra layer on top of it. And we'll actually get into that with the the episode that Steven picked. But I think w- you hit on this idea of like learning an emotional skill as a result. And I, f- mm-hmm. I feel I don't have any experience or ability to do that. And so I'm uh, that episode that that clip gives me a lot of like, oh, I need to be on the lookout for that so I can develop that ability to in, in game design, because uh, I think it's a it's a real challenge. But the, just the way you describe it is like it seems it's so vital and it uh, uh, that games should do that. Gosh, I and honestly, I think games are one of the best possible tools to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I have so many thoughts about this now. And the one that is the, probably the least important is, gosh, I have a lot of games in my library that are just shapes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like Thoth and 140 and Color Jumper and Color Jumper and um and hyper dot, which is <laughs> yeah. you're a dot. Um, and <laughs> yep. I'm probably, oh, soft body, another one. I apparently like games where you're just a shape. Anyway, um, I, if you, th- if you disagree with me on this upcoming statement, please tweet at us because I will debate you. Um, <laughs> wow, but, free fight. That's a good, that's an yeah, offer. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Um, yeah, I think I think we can all maybe as a society in the US and maybe more broadly, but definitely domestically, kind of work on our emotional skills. <laughs> Perhaps. <Yeah. laughs> sure. Like, um, let's let's talk about some things that fall into the emotional skills category. Patience, yeah. um, kindness, yeah. uh, listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we're, you're doing one of those three things. <laughs> By listening to this episode, <laughs> you're, you're on your way, dear listener. <laughs> um, but this, those things are challenging when they are done in contexts that are difficult, right? Like yeah. when you're under emotional stress, then listening is hard. When you're under emotional stress, being patient is difficult. When you are in the middle of a crowd and people are shouting and you are presented with a choice do I do this bad thing or do I walk away? That's when those decisions are difficult. Mm -hmm. And we don't, I mean, I think games are great at preparing us for the application of emotional skills in in stressful contexts because you're rarely going to get amped up um, like you will in a game. Like in a game, you're voluntarily putting yourself under some sort of emotional stress. And depending on the game, it's going to be different types of emotions. Depending on the game, it's going to be different levels of stress. like you just you'd think that the witness wouldn't be a stressful game unless you're me then it's very stressful um <laughs> so it's very it's very personal uh but 
you're, since you're choosing to engage with it and you can choose to disengage with it, that's a safe space. A game is a safe space for you to practice that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, yes and no, like if there's, there are definitely communities around games where they're not necessarily very space, very safe. Um, but like it, just thinking of the game context in and of itself. Yeah. It's a place where you can choose to engage and you can choose to step away. And you can't do that in the moment where you actually really need to apply your emotional capabilities in real life. Um, So if you're practicing different emotions and experiencing them and not necessarily controlling them, but being mindful of them and reacting accordingly, um, if you're practicing that often, like if you're playing games a lot and you're practicing that often, then I think you're going to be better prepared for doing that kind of stuff when you're just like walking down the street or you're in like a store or you're at work or you're at working from home. I mean, and I, I still, there are games, games have what we need to help us get better at those things. So make games that do that. You can, there's also some really cool games that are like directly talking about emotional, like stuff like um, anxiety, Adventures by Anxiety, I think is what it's called. It's free online by Nikki Case. Oh, I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I played that one night when I was having a panic attack and it was really helpful because <laughs> um, basically what you do is you're playing as someone's anxiety. And so you have to like come up with the most outrageous thing for whatever the situation is. And it was cool to like see it from the other side or whatever. And, and like, they're like, oh yeah, this is what my brain's doing. This is exactly what my brain's doing. <laughs> uh-huh. I like that a lot, that the use, use of abstraction um, mm-hmm. to find yeah. is really effective. I think that's very cool. It's not exactly what you were talking about, Ellen, but it reminded me of it. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's an example of a game that serves that purpose really well. That's one of the reasons I became interested in game development because I saw that potential. And I think that we'll continue to see more of that, which is exciting. Yeah. I really hate heights. I hate heights. <laughs> I'm so afraid of heights. And I was in a I was in VR the other day and I can't remember what, what experience it was. I can't remember what game, but I ended up on the top of a skyscraper on like a wooden plank. Oh. And I was walking out <laughs> over the street and Everyone who was around me was like, jump off the plank, jump off the plank. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I, I, I literally could not move my feet. I wanted, I wanted to do it, but I could not move my feet mm-hmm. off the plank. My brain, like the lizard brain was just not doing it. The lizard brain was not going to let me do it. I had to close my eyes and move my foot, like one foot off to the side yeah. <laughs> to get that part of my brain to recognize that it was an illusion and there was still a floor. Mm-hmm. And then I could step it off. I could step off the, the plank even with my eyes open. And just I was like floating hundreds of feet off the ground. And it was really it was it was really cool to kind of observe my mind adopt that new reality. Yeah. And it was um it taught me a skill. It actually taught me like a skill that I can use to be more in control of my emotions when I'm in a place that's high. I mean, I'm not gonna like climb to the top of the Carlson building and put my foot up. But you know, but it didn't I, teach you wily coyote skills. It didn't, didn't give me any magical cartoon abilities, no. Uh, but it did teach me that if I can if I can just close my eyes for a bit and like focus on my feet being stable, I can get control of that anxiety. Right, mm. right. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's that good stuff. <laughs> That's that good height stuff. The good tall places. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there's just a lot of um, in in the trading industry and in the serious games industry. I'm using air quotes because I don't know if that term resonates with everyone. Um, but yeah, for lack of a better term, the serious games industry, there's just a lot of interest in VR um, mm-hmm. because it has this three-dimensional fidelity. I, I still think there's a significant cost barrier mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, because it's the, the, the amount, like the benefits you get in fidelity and environmental fidelity from that, from the VR experience have to be, I think you have to have a pretty sophisticated system to really realize that. Um, that fidelity. And then also the thing that you're trying to teach has to really benefit from that three-dimensional fidelity. And when you're, when you're talking about skills transfer, so like you need to teach someone how to do something for their job, for example, like in, in a knowledge economy and in an information economy, you, that 3D tactical manipulation is not really necessary often. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it isn't, and I think that there are like there are VR applications that surgeons use and engineers use to like visualize things, and that's not really what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> but people are, I think it's just a matter of time before people figure out some, you know, figure out and like really socialize some ways to make it work and to, some ways to make it um, make sense for different training contexts. I think that for VR, like the the systems are pretty expensive um so you're probably not going to see like lots of like i don't know you're not going to see product training in vr because like if you're selling like if you're selling um like i don't know financial services you don't need to have a vr training because how is that going to i don't really see how it's going to help you it's not going to be worth it mm-hmm. um unless there's some kind of breakthrough or something about like how you can use the three-dimensional space to like m- metaphorize, I don't know, like abstract things um, or take something that's abstract and make it concrete. And that might be something that, that we'll explore. Mm-hmm. I think that it's not quite there yet. Um, and I still think a lot of people who are pushing for it in certain spaces are um, maybe not pushing for it for the right reasons but it doesn't bother me too much because you got to have experimentation in different mediums before you really figure out like what's up. Yeah. Um, so we did so, this episode two and a half years ago mm-hmm. when I think the, the halo was still around VR as a concept. And I know mm-hmm. at that time where I was working, like there was a lot of like, let's, let's do VR for this. And it's like, okay, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, has that has that changed now? Have people finally figured out that this plus VR isn't uh, the entire answer? And are they moving yeah. into that that thing that you're describing, which is finding a way to utilize it in a way that's maybe more abstracted in one direction or the other? Yeah, I think I, I think the trendy parts of it, right? When it was like when it was a trend have, yeah. that that has potentially passed. I still think there's maybe a little bit of that, but it's people have definitely figured out that the formula isn't take thing add VR equals better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's now just kind of like the long slog of testing different formulas and seeing what comes out and trying another thing and seeing what comes out. And 
And there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's built in VR that I think is is great for learning training purposes and um and a lot of stuff that probably didn't need to be in there. Um <laughs> So it's, but it's, it's, I think it's, it's a growing and maturing field, which means it's exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So how's your, I'm still uh, afraid of heights. Yeah. I was going to ask, how, how's that doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still afraid of heights. Um, I, I am still afraid of heights for sure. I am, I feel like more, <laughs> I am, I, I definitely, every single time I've gotten into VR, um, I run into stuff <laughs> in the room <laughs> because I just, I don't know. I just move around maybe too much. And so I, I, I feel like I should, I should probably be less afraid of heights and maybe more cautious when I'm in VR. <laughs> more afraid of walls. <laughs> more afraid of walls. <laughs> Steven. Uh, yes. What do you got for oh, us? Oh, am I supposed, I, I assumed that Martha would do the transition. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, so, um, when you're making a learning experience in your game, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it's getting across the right message uh, yeah, for your audience. There we go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this going to go? Uh, how we've missed this. <laughs> Classic transition. Oh, I love it. Yes. So, I picked, I picked episode 15. It's uh, one of our earliest episodes. Um, this was actually, I picked episode 15, but this was actually Mark's topic, messages and meanings. Um, and it originally was published, uh, March 13th, 2017. Um, so I think ago. about this. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> I think about this episode a lot. Um, and just like what, uh, just like what, what, like the things you're putting in your game, all the things you're putting in your game have, they have, they send a message to the players. Um, and I think that, like, Mark, when you brought up the, this topic, I think that, like, it was important um, for listeners really to hear that, like, to hear that, like, you need to be conscious of the things that you're, you're doing. Yeah. Um, I've talked about that idea on the show a lot since then, but this was the yeah. first time I got on my soapbox about it. And so mm-hmm. it was a pretty important for me to sort of stake out, like, this is this is like what I believe. And. Um, because I, I really felt like I had, haven't, hadn't been hearing that enough from people yeah. in the industry. And I, I think yeah. that's, I don't know if that's changed or I've just met more people who, who agree. Um, but that was a, that was an important episode for me too. Also like Mark, sometimes I feel like when I bring up this episode, you're like, I felt like I was kind of, I don't know, scatterbrained or something when I was talking about it. And maybe yeah. it was just, well, but I think like, well, re re listening to it. I kind of see what you're coming, where you're coming from, but I think it was more of the you kind of agree. It was a little bit all over the place. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I mean, sort of, but I think it's because you were like you were in the process of refining your ideas around that. Yeah, I and it was like, I I had been it was a lot. I had to get it out, and I've yeah, had a lot yeah. of time since then to compartmentalize and get the little bit and like ref, like little pieces of the big idea. But I kind yeah. of just like. I, it's uh, it was a, a kind of unfocused at that time, but I mean that's okay. Like th- this episode provide or this episode, this show provides us that opportunity to uh, do that. Yeah, like sometimes we can just like sp- spill our ideas out, and then we don't have to like have them fully formulated. But like they're out there now, and we can talk about. Them. It also features one of our show's very first disagreements. 
I'm, maybe it's a stretch, but I feel okay. that there's that's the difference between like narrative and, and, and message. Like a, a game can say something without having a story. I would totally disagree with you really? on Portal Two, not <laughs> yeah. having social commentary. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd say it's social satire, perhaps. But Which I, is commentary. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I, I mean... And it could be making some sort of commentary on the, me- like the, me- the mechanization of our world and the, the decay of systems and I, revenge I guess. being I, meaningless. I, I, still, I mean, I love the story in Portal 2. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think it's about anything. <laughs> like, right? No? no. Okay. <laughs> well, help me out. What am I, what I'm, I mean, I don't want to make this just a fight about Portal, but like, but no, tell me, like, um, what, what, am I, what am I missing? Well, I'm not going to be able to come up with specific things <laughs> because I, haven't, I don't even remember. That's okay. I'm also not prepared for this argument. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like it would, it has meaning even if it's not exactly a metaphor. Sure. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. the fact that you're playing... A woman is a political statement. You're a bad person being spoilers, trapped. <laughs> like, yeah, woman who was forced into this mechanical body. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot of, about. Mm-hmm. And like, what is the meaning of death? Okay. Because, like, I don't know. I felt like yeah. when I was playing that game, it had lots of depth and asked lots of interesting questions like that. I guess that's the... Di- well, I, I don't disagree about any of that. So Stephen, why'd you pick that clip? <laughs> I mean, we 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 both sound like we both come off very badly in that. <laughs> I what? I think I sound fine. <laughs> My arguments still stand, and uh, there we go. What so. what I liked what I liked about this clip, aside from the fact that yeah, like you know, dis- disagreements on the show are fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that's because I grew up in around a family that loves arguing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what I liked about that is that, like, um, I think at least in the moment, Mark, you, you know, you didn't really pick up much from Portal 2, um, mm-hmm. whereas Martha did pick up a bunch of things from it. And I think that, like, that distinction is important because, like, I think games, even if, like, you personally maybe don't get anything out of a game, that doesn't mean other people don't. And also, if you do get something out of it, that doesn't mean other people do. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. And that, like, I think that disagreement, like, showing that on the show and, like, you know, having that here, I think that is important because, like, if you're, if you have a goal with your game to, you know, get people to think about those things. And I mean, I don't know how Valve, I don't know if Valve explicitly was trying to make all of these statements or not when they made the thing. We won't know until we talk to whoever. But also, it's not important if they were or not, right? I think that's maybe the point Martha was making. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's part of it too. Like I said right before this thing, like everything you put into your game makes a statement. And so, like, I think even if you're not intending it, it will say something. Um, it's just in it. So, like, you need to make sure that you're conscious of it. And um, yeah, you know, and it, it's it actually is interesting because Martha on the spot being asked what is about. It's like maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's that. And I think mm-hmm. I was like, like, well, that's not clear enough. But I think you you kind of make the point like that doesn't matter like uh-huh. right it's okay to maybe be about something like that's also fine right I don't know Martha does that make sense <laughs> does that track with what you were thinking at the time no at the time I just thought you were wrong um, 
um, I think I I think I agree that um, games people are going to get different things out of the game based on their experiences yeah. in your life and with other games. Like I think you can play a game also that you don't get anything out of and then you can play another game and suddenly that recontextualizes the game you were playing mm -hmm. um <laughs> but mainly mark was wrong yes yeah. <laughs> okay oh. well, glad I we could clear that up i swear <laughs> i didn't pick this link just so we could pile on you mark i feel bad no. <laughs> well it's, it's interesting like because i think that the history of that because it was like our very first like fun disagreement i think we, we really like it was like it was like um uh, it was like uh, peeling the label off of the packaging, right? Of of the of the program, and so yeah. which was yeah. really cool. But I have to say, listening to that clip, I don't know that I was wrong. Like I still don't know what Polar Tales is about. Well, you know, you guys have talked about doing some sort of debate show. Yeah. So, like, version of the show sometime have different people on who are who are have opposite, uh, opposite like particularly yeah. opposite views of it. Yeah, so we could actually prepare. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say that with Portal 2, that was a game that Mark and I played together. And so that was a much, probably a much different experience. I noticed that like, yeah, those themes are absolutely there that, mm -hmm. that Martha mentioned. Mm -hmm. And would it have been different if it was just, if Gladys was just a computer gone crazy versus a human in a computer? Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. I was it wasn't the main experience of that game for me because I was playing it co-op or I was playing it with somebody else in the room and so my main experience was with Mark. Yeah, it was the you, you were focused mainly on the puzzling and yeah, and learning and and learning the controls because it was one of your the first oh, was, first person games you had yes, played. Yes, because most of the time I just spin around in a circle and then get stuck in a corner. <laughs> um, but I have <laughs> mastered that, so I want everybody to be very proud of me that I learned something from games. Um, <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> but also, like one of the things that I remember you talking about, like just in the fact that you consume so much games media, is that in the, I think a version of, of portal two. And then they ended up taking it out. Gladys like makes a jab at, at Chell being adopted. Mm -hmm. And that was particularly like pointful and hurtful to people who had, you know, either adopted children or had been adopted themselves. And sometimes you, you give messages and meanings and things that you did not originally intend because the intent yeah. was just like, you know, a silly thing with Gladys being mean, but it hit a lot closer to home for a lot of people. So it's something that you have to think about, even though you're not intentionally doing that, you may be making a statement about the nature of life and death. Right. Even though we're not <laughs> exactly sure what that statement is, it's still, yeah. <laughs> um, it's still part of your, your product and something somebody could interpret from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with expert craftsmanship, it's really easy to forget the awesome power you wield right yeah and and that you have to yeah. be on the ball you have to really interrogate your own work to uh, what what each piece means of it and, and get player feedback mm -hmm. yeah play test your games please do yes <laughs> and i think i forget what i said in this clip but i'm sure whatever it was was very intelligent <laughs> well roll, roll the tape <laughs> <laughs> so i think i understand where you're coming from it sound but i think the issue i have is mm -hmm. that you're using the word duty to describe it i feel like yeah. 
I'm going to say social obligation because duty is a weird word. Okay. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This game's club, huh? Uh, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I, I wouldn't feel like we have the obligation to, it's important to make sure that what, what you're making um, is not oppressive or bad or in poor taste mm-hmm. um, when you're doing it. And, and, and it's important to keep that in mind. But I don't think that making it, or I don't think that having the, the message, and this is, this, is a, this is an interesting topic, Frank. <laughs> Thanks for bringing this. <laughs> you don't think that the game necessarily has to be all about that? I Yeah, well, something? that, yes. But I also don't necessarily think that uh, you're, you're, do, you're necessarily doing a disservice by not f- focusing on what the message of your game is. Mm-hmm. I think that, to be honest, I think that that probably would make your game stronger if you did pay attention to the message. Yeah. I like how I said I was, was going to say something intelligent and immediately I make a duty joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I face palm so hard. Um, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the reason I picked this clip is because I, I don't agree with it as much as I did back then i mean like i said Hmm. um like i said before this is like the earlier one or earlier episode but i think that like i think like where i was getting at near the end where i was like it would make your game stronger um i think it like it's important to do that and to think about that like think about what your game i think i think it's important to think about what your game is saying because like it will make your game stronger even Mm -hmm. if it's just um a game about two circles or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, those two circles can represent something very profound in a way that like can say a lot to players um, and will get them, you know, they'll they'll enjoy the game more as a result of that because the game will make them think. And the game will make them feel something mm-hmm. um, that they wouldn't th- or before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ellen will buy it because <laughs> it, you're, you're a shape. <laughs> If you yeah. make a game about a shape, I'm in. <laughs> so, Stephen, do you um, feel differently? Do you feel that that developers have, at least to some degree, an obligation in the way that you didn't feel before? Uh, I yeah, kinda. I guess. I don't know. Um, I think I think I don't know. Maybe part of it is just like I've been working at this, this job I've had for over two years now, two and a half years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not coming to realize that. Um, and uh, like the games that I'm working on are not particularly profound. Um, they don't really, we're not explicitly trying to say anything, at least, you know, in, in the designs of the game. Um, but I think, and I, I, and I've noticed that and it makes me feel less good about the games that I'm working on mm-hmm. um, in a way that's frustrating, honestly. Uh, so, like I think about that, I think about like future games that I'd want to make, and like I mean, at the end of the day, when I, when I'm trying to make a game, I want to I want to convey some form. Of, I want it to be a form of communication. The way I think of games is I think of games as a form of communication between the player and the developer, um, and it could be an additional form of communication between two players or something like that. But there is some form of communication. So, regardless of what you think your game is saying or is not saying there is a conversation happening from it. And so I don't think I, I, I guess I don't think that like it 
isn't a social obligation anymore. Um, yeah, I guess that's where I'm at. So the obligation is, isn't so much that it has to, it's just that you need to be in charge of that conversation. Hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. And you need, yeah, you need to be in charge of that conversation and you need to recognize you're making that conversation regardless of what you do. Mm -hmm. Because like you can't, you can't make a game that doesn't say anything because that literally doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think like later on in the episode, I bring out like Tetris or, um, or Pong or something like even those games. Yeah. Are like, they're like effectively sports, but like sports have contexts too. Like those, mm -hmm. they, they, what you do in those are, are they, they mean something yeah. like chess, for example. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's a weird example. When I just said sports, but chess is a game. And hey, it was in the Olympics game, once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, chess is a game. And like that is, um, it's supposed to like, it's supposed to be an obscure abstracted version of war. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. It's still, I mean, it is still saying something, even if you're just playing with like uh, rooks and pawns and the little horse piece. Like, it's not, it's still, it still means something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's kind of where, where I'm at with it now. I, I, I do remember in that episode, the, where I think I probably didn't do a good enough job, like, uh, sort of selling my point was mm -hmm. because I think the both of you were sort of challenging me with like these sort of like, what about, the, what about Tetris or whatever? Like, what about yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, does it meet that standard and like, and, 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 and what's wrong with Tetris uh, sort of. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. I, I don't think I was able to e explain why that also is, why that's okay. Why that doesn't draw my ire, I mm -hmm. suppose. Um, and, but it, in all this time since and all the discussion we've had on the show, I think regular listeners, I think, will get it by now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I guess, still don't know yeah, if I, I can say it clearly, and I and and you're having the same trouble. It's like <laughs> I'm having a hard time with it too. It's. I um, mean, it, it's 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 not an easy topic to like fully flesh out the ideas of because like um, it's it's like I, we were all trying to design our games with these ideas in mind. And it's not really something we fully figured out mm -hmm. yet. I mean, games are still relatively new, so it's not. Um, I, 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 it's not. It's not. We haven't. We haven't quite uh, found the special sauce. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the spark plug. Yeah, we haven't found the spark plug yet. <laughs> we're working um, on that. <laughs> well, I mean, like paintings that were created hundreds of years ago are still discussed. Like, what yeah. does it mean? It, like, mm -hmm. meaning and context are in, inextricable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And context is constantly changing. The people who are viewing the painting, the people who are playing your game are different from moment to moment as individuals. And then you have different people coming in and playing it and seeing different things because of their unique life experiences. So it's, it's, it's constantly evolving. It's not a static thing. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You have one more clip, Stephen. I do. Well, I mean, you do. This is mainly your clip, but I picked it. <laughs> what is your game saying, Mark? So my game is uh, that you play as a character who has to re repair train lines around the world. Okay. And the, the sort of the rough story of it is that 
in the future, we've run out of oil. The only thing you can do now is ride the train. And it's all owned by one privatized company. And it, the notion is that you are set out to, you're just an employee of this company trying to fix these things. You find a way to do it better. And so the, the single player campaign is you, like you're sort of going outside of the rules mm -hmm. to repair these things um, so that everyone can be neighbors. Like that's the idea is that you make neighbors of everyone on earth by connecting world cities Aww, with public sweet. transit. That's nice. It's a little Pollyannish, frankly, um, okay. but it's it it comes from like my belief that um, collectivism is not hegemony; mm. that we can be together and be different. And these are all very high-minded ideas that my arcade game, I will be honest, does not convey very strongly. Okay. <laughs> but it is but some, you're taking it into consideration. It is something I'm thinking about right. all the time. Okay. And um, and I'm not embarrassed by that. I'm no, not, you shouldn't be. But I'm not embarrassed that it's not coming out. In the gameplay, necessarily. Yeah, and you shouldn't but, necessarily be embarrassed about that either. Sure, sure. But you know, um, Martha, you know, I'm 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 contracting you and many other artists to design uh, different skins for the levels in each world city, mm -hmm. and they're in wildly different styles. And that again is the same: is that the gameplay is the same, but everything looks different. Yeah. And so that is again the idea of this sort of like we are the same but different and that, yeah. that is an important part of it and how that is expressed and how that's interpreted you know as an artist you can be really prescriptive about things or you can just let your audience decide I'm not really coming on either side of that but it's just something that I care about and I'm thinking so the first thing I notice about that clip is that you can hear the Viking bar downstairs <laughs> <laughs> yeah shout out to yeah. the Vikings bar that existed and no longer does yeah we don't need to tell that story uh, the full story of that yeah of the Viking bar is available in episode 100. Uh, if you want to take yeah. a listen, um, <laughs> oh boy. The, the other thing is that Metro Nexus isn't done yet. Just, oh man. And I haven't done any of that art. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. I put that one in to make everyone feel bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be able to use it. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Burn. I know, I know. So, Stephen, other than um, giving Martha and I uh, a bubber feeling, uh, why'd you pick that one? <laughs> I, I Okay, so uh, what I really like about that clip is that you go over the thoughts you had about Metro Nexus and, like, the, the themes and the messages behind that game. And, I mean, you also go in-depth, think, or, you know, to discuss um, that, like, the game doesn't necessarily reach all of these ideals that you set for it but like you're still you're thinking about it and it's something you're conscious of as you're developing the game i imagine you're still conscious of it as you're developing the game now right yeah it is it yeah. it is um it is a heavy weight on the game in fact mm -hmm. um uh in terms of its like visual design and the and the sort of like um what i've granted myself the ability to prototype within it when i'm thinking yeah. of like expanding features or refining them is yeah. I, I have to set them up because I've really set this more than with Widget Satchel, which I also did a little bit of that for. Um, but uh, with Metro Nexus, partly because I'm, I'm working on it myself mostly, um, I've, I've sort of, it, it's, it is a, it's a, yeah, it's a heavy weight on it. And I don't know, I don't know that I would want to work on the game otherwise because I don't know that it would, I don't know if it would be interesting enough for me just as a potential, a potential, the potential that the mechanics have unless it had yeah. that dimension that i'm that is it does kind of slow me down on it frankly sure <laughs> but, but like, um but it is but you know i will say uh, hearing that clip and i don't know in full context but it does sound because it starts with martha asking like what's your game about 
Like, <laughs> and, and I don't know exactly if you were, you know, challenging me, you know, like uh, to like, is it about anything? But I, I even now I can feel like I don't I don't know if people will get it. And I and I say in that clip, I, I don't mind and I still don't. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm like, well, should I mind a little bit? Like, should I should I worry more about it, yeah. about surfacing that stuff? I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. I just find it think- incredible that the Portal 2 clip and this clip were from the same episode. Yeah? Yeah. Because you essentially say nearly the, you know, like, you're. it's just two sides of the coin. One, you're the the player not getting the, the message or the meaning. And then the other, you're the developer putting a lot of message and meaning in and knowing that most won't come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah so good yeah. clip picks <laughs> yeah i mean that's like a difficult <laughs> that's a difficulty that like we all have to face when you're making any form of media really is that like people might not get it or they'll get the, the wrong kind of meaning from it mm-hmm. um this is not what you intended yeah yeah but like yeah I, I i i'm glad that's why i really like that clip was because like i like i'm thinking about that like too in terms of like the games i'm working on and stuff like what kinds of messages I'm conveying and stuff. Um, even at work, right, I don't feel like I have a lot. I kind of feel like if I want to put in any messages that are important to me, I have to hide them, mm. which, I mean, that feels crappy. Well, there's like, not, it, it sounds like there's not, just the way you've described your workplace, mm-hmm. there's not a established um, a, a protocol for introducing that to a game. Like, yeah, there's not a you can't call a meeting to talk about it. Y- yeah, I mean, I suppose like I could literally say I want to set up a meeting and talk about the design of the game. Yeah. And like what context I mean for it. But like also, if I do that kind of stuff, I feel like I have to fight for it in a way I don't want to do. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I had to do that a little bit for treasure stack. Um, so, and like, I, I don't want to <laughs> like I, I i don't know like i don't want it to be i want it to be a discussion i don't want it to be an argument i don't want to have to yeah feel like i'm yeah. the only person pushing for it and you uh, and you want you want contributions too you don't just like if you could get away with it like that's not ideal either right yeah yeah exactly i yeah i like yeah me like me getting away with it i mean i guess it it it, it, it means something for the players but like maybe it feels a little more and more important to me that like players can't like can't ignore it in some way, mm-hmm. I guess, like whatever I'm trying to put in. Yeah. Um, games, yeah, but like, I don't forcing, like, con- forcing a player to confront something is, yeah, it's kind of like we all want to do that, but we're all scared mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Right. Well, cause well, cause they can have, the, it can have the opposite effect that yeah, you want. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's exact. Yeah. So like it's, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's been uh, three, three years, three and a half years, and I'm uh, still conflicted on messages and meanings. But I, 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 I feel like I understand it more because I thought about it more. Um, but like, it's still a hard topic to like fully flesh out in terms yeah. of thoughts. The work continues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, oh, yeah. uh, Ellen. Now that you are a regular presence on the show, the the work that you do is more um, explicitly instructional in a way mm-hmm. that is it, it's different from what Stephen is talking about and, and what we talked about in that episode. But it it has it it runs along the same axes, right? 
Yeah. I mean, the, the, when you're, hmm, I, I don't think there's any rule saying when you're making an instructional game that you need to say, this is what you're going to learn in this game. I think that's a good rule for adult learning practices when you're like creating something that's on the job. Um, but we've talked about this before. Every game teaches like there's you're learning something all the time. And, um, and every game teaches at least how to play the game. Um, but the, the nice, I mean, it's a, I guess it's a luxury when you're making something for training purposes, you, you generally do want to say, Hey, this, this experience is going to be about this. And you're by the end of it going to be able to do this and this and this, if you can't already. Um, you can measure its success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not not just like can you measure its success? That's more on like a program level. But when you're just speaking to the learner or to the player, you know, is this worth your time? Um, what are you going to do in it, and what are you going to get out of it? Those are things that you generally have to be pretty explicit about. Mm-hmm. Um, if not in the game itself, at least in the design process, uh, because you were you know you were hired to make a game with a purpose um, other than artistic expression or entertainment or some combination of the two. Um, But where was I going with this, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I was trying to stitch these two two together because when you were talking about um, emotional skills and and those kinds of things, and and that struck me because in this episode, uh, Messages and Meetings, it, I, I, I think there's, um, there's a bridge between those in a way that maybe I don't th- I don't think I've fully appreciated, which is um, that like it, the the goal, if you want to say something in a game is to say something and be heard. But also the goal of, a, of a instructional design is to is to teach uh, um, or to, uh, you know, essentially literally enact change in the person. Right. Yeah. Um, who is experiencing it. And I don't know, maybe. um I don't know if we realize that we can do that in a way that it, that that uh, aligns with to whatever our big ideas are, or whatever our small ideas are, or whatever. Um, that saying something and being heard maybe isn't the whole thing. Um, mm. uh, but we, but we're not. We we treat games uh, in that are not serious games. We treat uh, uh, um, uh, our games generally in the same avenue as entertainment. That they can enlighten and, and instruct and teach. Um, and you can have insights, but we don't, even though they're interactive media, I don't know that we think enough about, about the emotional skills they can teach in service of the message you're sending. Um, so the, the, putting these, these two episodes talking about them together now, um, kind of just it, it, a little arc uh, of electricity between them in my mind. Um, spark plug Mark is the term. Well, this has been a double wide episode, um, which we don't do that often, but this one called for it. It was good to get uh, Martha back in the clubhouse. It was great to have Dale here as well. And um, we'll make one last pitch. Uh, the, the Patreon, it's live now, and uh, we're going to be recording after this episode some more um, from uh, the last four years. We're going to hear more from Dale, uh, clips that none of us have any idea. Uh, so it's going to be hilarious i imagine i'm I'm both excited and scared yeah good that's what you should be (laughs) 
Good. Good. I guess we'll pick it back up at, at 300. <laughs> but in the meantime, yeah. if you want to hear those, you should become a patron of the program at patreon.com slash nice games club. In the meanwhile, you can check out our website, nicegames.club for show notes and more from this episode. If you liked it, give us a review on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends. Independent podcasts like ours need word of mouth to grow. We love hearing from our listeners. So for a quick way to give us feedback on the show, head over to nicegames.club slash feedback and fill out a short little form. You can also get in touch with your nice host on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale, right here, tweets about game dev resources and jars coming to life. Do you want to explain that one to us? No, I don't. You have to go to the Twitter. There you heard it. <laughs> that's, that's a really good call to action there. I like it. <laughs> uh, you can also email us, contact at nicegames.club. Ask us questions, suggest topics, or just say hello. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Oh, <laughs> no, that, that, was, that was great. That was great. <laughs> well, uh, your nice hosts have all brought you um, a lot to talk about on some old episodes, but not just your nice hosts, but your nice host emeritus has brought in <laughs> an episode to chat on as a little bit of bonus here at the bottom of the show. Uh, Martha, what episode did you pick and why? Yeah, um, so I just picked a very, very, very short clip from um, episode 142, Game Libraries, uh, was my topic, um, and it was originally published on August 6, 2019, so about a year ago, uh, and I was talking about um, itch.io and, and Steam and how their library organization systems differed and my whole strategy for how I organize things in itch.io and this clip is just the categories that I sort games and I sorted games into at the time. Mm -hmm. Like on Steam, you can you have a very clear line between games you own and games you do not own, and games you own you can organize, and games you don't own are just on a wish list. Where itch, it's more blurry on what you own and don't own. You can put things there's their organization system is called collections. So you can put things in collections that you own and also things that you don't own into the same collection. So like I have one that for a previous episode on sports games, I have sports games I own and sports games I just saw and just added to the collection. Right. <laughs> and so you have to, you can mix them, but you try not to because that's confusing. Yeah. So what I've, well, I mean, for, for categories of games, I've started doing mixing them together. Um, because I'm like, oh, I'm really interested in typing games, but I don't have time to buy or like don't have enough money or don't want to buy all of them at once. So I'll just stick ones I own in there and then ones I'm interested in. And then later, if I'm like, oh, I feel like playing this type of game, I'll go and be like, do I want to buy a new one? Do I have this one? But I also have it organized by, I, you can put games in multiple collections. So I have owned games, owned and played, owned and not played. <laughs> <laughs> And eh. <laughs> I think eh is the best title for that. I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Ellen makes a surprise appearance at the end of that clip. I liked it. <laughs> I had this like, am I, I'm not, how am I talking right now? I'm not moving my face. <laughs>
Yeah, I think you were a guest host on that show, on that episode. Yeah, we talked um, about Widget Satchel, I think, as it was nearing release. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Martha, you were saying you, you have you have some, you've made some improvements or you've made some updates to how you, your, your Byzantine organization system? Yes, it's become necessary because uh, <laughs> I bought the, the big bundle um, for Black Lives Matter, um, which raised a ton of money. Like how, how much money was it? Like eight million. It was eight million. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, so I bet a lot of people in, in, in the nice games listenership will probably have this problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> uh, now there is sixteen hundred at least games in your itch library, <laughs> um, which itch didn't seem really to be designed for. Uh, at least not to put all of those in a category, because once you get past a couple hundred games in in a collection, it chugs like really badly um, when you're trying to scroll through them all. Um, so I've had to like I tried lots of different. I tried my the way I had it where I had like all the games from that bundle in I sorted them into into uh like physical games because there were a bunch of them were like RPGs mm. and then like multiplayer games that were only couch co-op I put in their own category um and then I just put everything everything else in in in, in like owned but haven't played uh from this bundle and then I tried to go like pick ones out of there and to play, and that didn't really work because there's still a thousand games in that category. <laughs> um, so then I was like, okay, then I'll, I'll go through and like if I see one that I like, I'll put that in uh, a uh, like on deck about to play category, which worked for a while, but but then putting them in played and eh didn't really work because those were getting suddenly huge. So. <laughs> What I've done now is I have made a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) And I just keep everything in the places that they're in. And I just go through and be like, have I played this game? Let's check the spreadsheet. Have. It's an ad game. Okay, moving on. This game looks interesting. Oh, I'll add that to the spreadsheet. And uh, so that is what I've resorted to um, because... (laughs) This is too many games. <laughs> <laughs> was there any sort of convenient way where you could export your game list into an Excel sheet? Or did you just kind of type it up one by one by the ones that you were most interested in? Um, I've just been doing it like as I play them. I've been adding them to the list. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if there's any convenient export. I know at the beginning, when the bundle was first on sale, they weren't even putting the games in your library because that they didn't. They just had not anticipated that you would ever own this many games at once. So, <laughs> yeah. like, we're gonna break the whole system if we put them in your library all at once. Yeah. Um, um, so, I don't know if they have ever thought of like people needing an export of your games <laughs> list. It is. We've never really needed that before. Yeah. <laughs> I've been telling people like, oh, hey, uh, we made this game called Widget Satchel. If you have the racial justice bundle, you already own it. And I have to tell them that because there's no way they would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a bunch that have been like featured on the front page of Itch. And I'm like, oh, that looks like a cool game. I'll go like see, I'll, I'll go buy it. And then I'm like, wait, it's 
install. Like it just has the install button. Yeah. Oh, I own this one. <laughs> Good. I'll play it. <laughs> Yeah, we were really lucky with uh, Widget Satchel because it went, um, uh, the creator of Itch made a selects collection right when that bundle started and Widget Satchel was in it. It was, there was a hundred, it was like 70 games and Widget Satchel was in that. I think maybe because we, uh, I, I, I signed up really early uh, to donate the game before there was like a critical mass of them. And so it was probably a little bit easier to select from, I would say. Um, But um uh, looking at statistics now, there are some. It's in something like two thousand public collections, which is like that's. Wow. It, it actually just showcases how useful that feature is on the platform, mm-hmm. um, because it allows people to like browse and find. And that's a problem that Itch has. It's unique to Itch because of the types of games that that are hosted there, and that that yeah. works for that platform in a way that wouldn't work as well maybe for Steam. That's true. So, Martha, you going to offer a boot camp for interested parties who want to know how to tame their their library? Uh, sure. It's a class at Nice Games Camp. I was going to say. Yes, next. Sounds like a yeah. class. Oh. Yes, definitely. Instead of definitely. like braiding bracelets, you can make a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind of camp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll have to I'll definitely look forward to that when we can finally do it. Um, oh, there's a couple games I'd like to highlight of the ones I played mm-hmm. um, that were really good. Um, one is A Short Hike, which everyone is, well, a lot of people have probably talked about this before, but I really liked it. It has a really good story. Um, and it's so cute. You play as a little bird and you get to hike around and also fly around and climb around. And it's, it's so awesome. Um, and then the other one is called Lizzie Crossing. And it's this puzzle game that has hardly, like, it's obviously was like a side project that someone made, but like, it's so good. It's a minesweeper crossed with Picross. Oh. And you play a little person on uh-huh. the board, so you can only go to the, like, check out the squares right next to the person, like the, the player character. And your only goal is to find the stairs that lead you down to the next level. And it's endless. So you really don't need it. And you just play forever. And it's so, it's extremely addicting and very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like there was another one, but. That is the two that are highlighted green on my spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.